Welcome to So That Reminds Me, Reminder Publishing's bi-weekly podcast discussing Western Mass news. I'm Peyton North. And I'm Dennis Hackett. And we'll be your hosts for today's episode. So today we're going to do things a bit differently than our past two episodes. We're going to introduce a new segment called The Deep Dive. I'm super excited for this segment because we're also welcoming one of our staff writers, Sarah Hannon, into the podcast. Sarah, would you like to share with everyone a little bit about yourself before we get into it? Sure. I've been a staff writer here at Reminder Publishing since 2019, and I've covered all the aspects of the different communities in the Springfield area, everything from schools to elections. Sarah has been extensively covering an issue going on in Ludlow right now involving the West Street Village mobile home community. Residents are feeling exploited and neglected by their landlord, Tom Lennon. Yes, Sarah has been covering this, and after some heavy discussion in the last week between Sarah and I, we agreed that there are some major concerns here for residents of the community and so many layers to this issue that we had to get her on the podcast to discuss her coverage. So without further ado, let's get into this. So there's three major viewpoints to the concerns surrounding the mobile home park, and we're going to get into all of them. The residents, the owner of the mobile home park, and the rent control board concerns they're having. Sarah, could you walk us through the concerns that the residents are experiencing? Yes. So the first part of it is um, an increase in rent. This has been the catalyst for all of this. There are 44 mobile homes on the site. Uh, Many of them have more than one resident, but there are 44 different tenants. And in July of 2023, there was a rent control board meeting where the landlord, Tom Lennon, came and requested to have the maximum rent increased. And we'll talk about that more later. However, even though this meeting was seven months ago, we're talking about this now because the rent increase was finalized on November 6th of 2023 and went into effect just a few weeks ago on February 1. Um, The rent increased from $207 per month to $503 per month. Sarah, could you explain what exactly they're paying rent for? Sure. So... The way it works at the mobile home is that the tenants, the residents purchase their homes through Tom Lennon, who also finances them, and they pay a rental fee for the lot on which the home sits. I mean, I had a woman, a resident who lives there, say, what do you do when someone owns your whole life? Because not only was she financing her purchase home through him, but he also receives the rent she pays. That's so heartbreaking. Their hands are tied. It is. Um, There's also other issues. There's a lack of services that the tenants have been upset with. The snow plowing is minimal. There's an issue in terms of limited lighting. Their streetlights are more along the lines of something you'd see in backyard patios because they're not public streets. There's ground maintenance issues and people who dump trash in their park. One couple said that the electricity has been so hit or miss for them that they went without power and therefore heat for a total of 7 out of 15 days in late November when it was cold. Oh, my God. A woman also testified at the board hearing that she had public sewage backing up into her yard because septic tanks were not properly taken care of. Roots had grown into the tanks from a local tree. And according to her, the landlord refused to remove the tree. Hmm. There's another layer on top of all of this, and that goes to 
how the landlord is treating the residents. According to the people we spoke with, he's been dismissive of complaints or has fought against fixing the conditions once he's been alerted, alerted to them. He's allegedly even retained a key to their mailboxes rather than passing it on to the post office. We'll be right back to talk about Tom Lennon, the property owner's point of view, after a few short messages. Small businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. At the first annual Go Local Marketplace, over 20 local makers will bring what they do best to Powder Hollow Brewery for all to enjoy. From food trucks to live music and a craft workshop, Go Local Marketplace will be your place to shop small with friends and family. Enjoy handcrafted microbrews from Powder Hollow or a glass of wine from RD Winery, also located on site. Go Local Marketplace is happening Saturday, May 11, from noon to 4 p.m. at Powder Hollow Brewery in Enfield, Connecticut. Parking and admission to the event are free. Bring your friends and family to Go Local Marketplace and enjoy the best of what our small business community has to offer. We get it. You're busy, but you want to be connected to your local community. If you're not reading The Reminder, Western Mass's free weekly newspaper, you're missing out on the heartbeat of your town. Stay in the loop with all the latest buzz, from local stories to community updates and exciting events. It's all in The Reminder. Just log on to thereminder.com and dive into the hometown news you love. To subscribe to receive The Reminder at your home, call 413-788-1316. Don't miss a beat. Your town, your stories, your community. For over 60 years, The Reminder, we are hometown news. A lot to unpack. But of course, there's two sides to every story. What is the owner, Tom Lennon, saying? Well, Lennon did not make himself available for comment when I was working on the story, but he did speak at the rent control board meeting in Ludlow when he was requesting the rent increase. At the meeting, he talked about how the income he was receiving was not commensurate with the amount of work that goes into operating the park. He said that it's a business he's running. And from my perspective, he seemed to be frustrated with his residents Uh, that they didn't appreciate the amount of time and energy he puts into the park. So he hasn't given any comment at all on this since the rent control board meeting? He hasn't, no. At the meeting, his lawyer said that he had been on the site weekly and that he's responsive to tenant complaints, but neither of them were willing to talk to me. Hmm. Um, There's also the issue of the rent control board. And as I was saying earlier, in Ludlow, the mobile rent control board meets to set maximum rents. At the meeting in July, the board heard Lennon's request, and that meeting was chaired by Tony Gonsalves. So the rent control board, is that something that's run by the town, or is that something that is run by uh, the owner? That is a municipal board in Ludlow. Lennon and his lawyer, Robert Krauss, provided stacks of documentation to the board to support the case that he needed to raise the rent to make a fair income. And the board went through each document to determine whether the evidence was supportive of him or not. What types of documents was he providing? It was mostly receipts for work that he's had done at the park, as well as bills for things like water and sewer service. Throughout the meeting, residents kept interjecting with concerns about their living conditions, and that said that raising the rent to $500 would be out of reach for most of them. One woman said that even a total of $400 rent would mean she would have to move. And Gonsalves told her, well, I don't want to say that's life, but these residents didn't know until December how high their rent increase was actually going to be. 
because the rent control board sets a maximum, which I believe was $497. Plus, there's a fee that gets paid to the town, which was worked into the rent. Residents are claiming that the appraisals that Lenin used to show the value of the community were inflated because they say he cherry-picked which homes had the highest value for the appraisal. However, Gonsalves told the residents that appraisals are based on comparable properties in the area. But the question is comparable to what? So that's the backstory on this entire issue. But where are residents now? Well, three of the tenants hired a lawyer to appeal the rent increase on their behalf. That appeal is in the very early stages of the process. The residents say they completely understand that rent needs to increase to keep pace with the economic pressures, but they'd like to see an increase that they consider reasonable and perhaps be phased in over time. Did the residents provide a figure that would be reasonable to them? Um, Any indication from anybody you had spoken to? Well, they said that they were told by Lenin that the rent would not increase to more than $399 per month. Allegedly, this figure was also included on advertisements for living at the park. However, I haven't been able to independently verify this. One tenant has begun putting her rent into an escrow account, which is legal under Mass State law. But she said Lennon threatened her with eviction and has tried to intimidate her. So now this escrow account, what does putting money into that do? Well, when a landlord has been notified of needed repairs but has either neglected them or refused to complete them, a tenant can legally withhold rent and put it in an escrow account until the work is done. At that point, they must repay the full amount to the landlord. It's really one of the few tools tenants have to force negligent landlords to uphold their end of the agreement. We weren't the only ones who toured the park that day. State Rep. Aaron Saunders and State Senator Jake Oliveira were both there. They were contacted by the residents and came to see the conditions in early February. What were their reactions? Both were aghast at what they saw. Yeah, reading the quotes that you had used from them was very interesting. Um, Seeing Oliveira had called this increase pure greed, while Saunders characterized the move as sickening and unconscionable greed. Yes, Oliveira also questioned whether some of the things that he was told residents were experiencing were even legal. Uh, The legislators both vowed that they were on the tenant's side and that they would be with them every step of the way in their appeal of this. I know you're going to keep following this diligently, Sarah, as we get further into this, and we'll certainly continue to follow this on the podcast. If anyone would like to read the full story Sarah did, it can be found on our website at thereminder.com. Thank you for joining us to talk today, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And we'll be right back to talk about a few more headlines after these short messages. Are you planning your second act? Working on your bucket list? Investing for early retirement? If you've hit that point in life where time will soon be yours, let Prime Magazine be your guide. We're all about staying healthy and fit, keeping up with tech, traveling, local entertainment, managing finances, caring for your kids and elders, and much more. Pick up the latest copy of Prime Magazine every month. Prime, your best life now. Since the founding of Reminder Publishing over 60 years ago, the Reminder has brought local businesses together with their customers, your neighbors and friends, through our advertising and coverage. Over the past four years, the Reminder has been adding to its reporting capabilities and expanding our readership while other newspapers in the region, state, and country have scaled back or closed. We want local journalism to thrive and grow and are asking readers and listeners to support and participate. The Reminder Press Club's mission is to ensure that local journalism is sustainable and leading healthy community discussions. 
The Reminder Press Club is a way for you to support the crucial work of professional reporters covering the vital stories in our community. Learn more about the Reminder Press Club or join at ReminderPressClub.com. We're back with two more headlines for this week's episode. Starting off in Holyoke, longtime Boston Celtics play-by-play commentator Mike Gorman will be receiving the John F. Kennedy Award from the St. Patrick's Committee of Holyoke. This is an award that's given out each year uh, to a prominent Irish-American, obviously named after uh, John F. Kennedy. Some of the uh, previous winners include actors Maureen O'Hara, NASA astronaut Katie Coleman, uh, former Ambassador to Ireland Dan Rooney, and the inspirational father-son duo, duo Team Hoyt, uh, Rick and Dick Hoyt, who ran the Boston Marathon for years together. Gorman grew up in Dorchester, was an aviator in the Navy, and has been the voice of the Celtics for the past 41 years, and he's going to be retiring after this offseason, and this has kind of been a trend over the past few years as uh, Gorman has slowly shifted just just calling the uh, home games for the Celtics. Alongside calling Celtics games, Gorman has also called NCAA tournament games, NBA playoff games, as well as Olympic games. When discussing his Irish background, Gorman uh, discussed his grandmother, who served as an unofficial resource for immigrants coming to the U.S., and he was really proud of what his grandmother did. Could you tell me more about what she did? Yeah, so basically, uh, when Gorman was a child, he would come back home to his grandmother's house, and he would see suitcases lined up. Um, People would be coming in and out that he didn't know. Uh, Many of these people were immigrants, actually, and free of charge, Gorman's grandmother would help these people get set up in the U.S. with a job and help them get on their feet in a new country. Committee President Haley Dunn said it was a no-brainer to offer Gorman this nomination. Uh, She had said that Mike Gorman's name was at the top of the list, and we are so pleased when he accepted our invitation. His professional accomplishments, including his service to our country, certainly exemplify the criteria the committee sought in honoring an American of Irish descent in the spirit of President Kennedy. He is going to be honored at the JFK Award Dinner at the Log Cabin on March 16th, the day before the Holyoke St. Patrick's Parade. Our staff writer, Trent Lavakis, wrote this story, and I know he's a big sports fan. Did he say how chatting with Mike Gorman was? He said he really enjoyed the experience. Uh, For those who don't know, Trent is a gigantic Celtics fan, so it was really good for him to be able to meet somebody that he's heard on the call for however many years. Trent had said while he was trying to schedule the interview with Gorman that while he was off on the Friday that after he had done the interview, if he needed to work that day just to interview Mike Gorman, he would have. Oh, I love his dedication. (laughs) And now moving on to our last headline of the week. This is such a heartwarming story. Andrew Bennett, a local 12-year-old who was born with Trevor's disease, a rare bone disorder, recently sang the Star-Spangled Banner on national TV at the start of the East-West Shrine Bowl in Texas. The all-star college football game Andrew sang at is sponsored by Shriners International with net proceeds benefiting Shriners Hospital for Children. He sang at the game because he is a Shriners success story. In December of 2022, doctors operated on Andrew successfully as prior to the surgery, it was impossible for him to stand or run without severe pain. He's since recovered completely and there are no limits to what he can do. Andrew's been taking singing lessons for two years and says he loves performing in front of people and loves making them happy and smile. So now what has Andrew done to really prepare to sing on such a big stage? 
I was joking earlier that this kid has done more in his 12 years of life than I have in my 28 because he is so busy. I don't know where he gets the time. He's been performing locally since he was in kindergarten. He's performed in front of thousands of people at Springfield Thunderbirds and Hartford Yard Goats games. He's also part of the St. Michael's Players, a community theater group in East Longmeadow, and has had roles in 13 musical productions. Andrew called singing at the event a dream come true. And with that, we wrap another episode of So That Reminds Me. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening to So That Reminds Me, produced by Western Massachusetts News Source Reminder Publishing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, find the latest news at thereminder.com, and follow Reminder Publishing on Instagram at Reminder Publishing, on X at the Reminder MA, and on Facebook. Reminder Publishing, we are hometown news.